Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. I am so excited about this episode. You just don't even know. (laughs) Well, first of all, this gentleman is going to be the first male that will be featured in our podcast. So I'm excited to introduce Mr. Damon DeGraff. He was born and raised in Bermuda. He started his New York company, DGI Management 2001. His company has represented some of the industry's premier artists and record producers. He has worked with the likes of Mark Ronson, Rev Ron, and Jermaine Dupree, just to name a few. His company also provides event consultation to some awesome companies such as ESPN, Revlon, and Valentino. Damon has had quite the fascinating life and journey that he has enjoyed. In this episode, Damon shares with us how he thought he was truly happy with the life that he was living until he decided he needed to make a shift to live and be a better version of himself. He shares with us some of the steps he took to become more in tune with himself and ultimately finding his head, his happiness, empowerment, and development. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode, Mr. Damon DeGraff. Welcome to Giving Here the Podcast. As I mentioned before, we have Damon DeGraff, that is our special guest today. Hi, Damon. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Hi, Damon. First and foremost, welcome to the Hair Tribe, and thank you for coming on Giving Hair. You know, sometimes people see that name, they're like, what? But yeah, I actually see a comment on that, but we'll save that for something else, you know? <laughs> but it's all about giving happiness, empowerment, development to the community and learning how to do that through different narratives. So it does have a whole different connotation than <laughs> what you originally, you know, hear about. So <laughs> Exactly. But in getting started. Well, tell us about your background, Damien, and where you come from. I'm originally from Bermuda. Yay. Um, the <laughs> lovely island of Bermuda. Mm-hmm. I relocated to New York maybe 25 years ago. Um, wow, that's a long time. Um, yeah. To get into the music business. Okay. That was my goal. So I moved, I think, when I was 20, turning 21. It was either New York or LA. Okay. But I felt like LA was too far from home. And at the time, like, you know, I would always come like back and forth because I thought like, you know, you like needed that, right? You know, before I really kind of settled into what New York was. And yeah, I just kind of embarked on a music career and I think, you know, have been lucky enough to like build a successful business for like, well, it's hopefully still with all that's going on in like the world, <laughs> knock on wood, but um, have been lucky enough to build a successful business for like the last, I don't know, I would say like 20 years. Oh, wow. So for those who may not know that part of your music career, right? can you tell us about that? You know, it's funny. I went to school for, I don't know what I really wanted to do. I, <laughs> I like knew that it was music because I even looked back on an old yearbook and I had said something like in your senior pictures when you had to write out like, what do you want to be or what do you see yourself? And I said something about music. It was either like music promotion or like something like that, but it was in there, right? So even when I look back on that now, I was like, wow, that's, you know, I guess I was always kind of manifesting that from an early age, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like moved here. I went to a school, Institute of Audio Research. I thought I wanted to be an engineer because I'd always been involved in like music, like my mother's family or my mother's side of like the family is very involved in music. Um, some of my dad's side is involved in music too. As most black people, you know, you have music from like the church, you mm-hmm. know, it's like harmonies and singing and all of that stuff. So I think it's just been a part of me. 
but I didn't really know. So I went to be an engineer. I didn't really like it, to be honest. And I kind of <laughs> gravitated towards the kind of music business side of it, I think, because I was always good with people and it allowed me to be still like do what I loved, right? Within a space of helping create or kind of bring these things together. And yeah, you know, went through a bunch of different kind of ups and downs and trying to really get in, I think, as New York or the business in general is, I think, you know, especially like if you're not part of a clique of people, Mm -hmm. like your cousin was in a record executive or whatever that was. It's like, you know, I was a young kid from Bermuda that didn't know anybody that wanted to make something happen, right? So it's almost like that real dollar and a dream type situation. Um, Yeah, I've done a few internships. My first internship was at ASCAP is a performance rights organization. And, you know, I just thought, hey, you intern for six months and they give you a job. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, that's just what I thought, right? Nine months later, they tell me it's time to leave. So I guess something gave me an extra three months, but not enough to give me a job. And I think it was a quick learning process for me. One, just in the fact that like no one is giving you anything you know, mm-hmm. in this business or kind of in like life. I mean, some people are like fortunate, but it really kind of allowed me to kind of dig in and kind of like have to understand, hey, well, if you really, really want this, you have to hustle for this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think through that, I worked at a few like labels. Well, actually one big thing was I worked for Universal. I was like an A&R's assistant for like Dino DeValier and this woman, Jocelyn Cooper for a second. Mm-hmm. And that was like... um. I thought I had made it, (laughs) like, because to be, you know, like that position at that time when I was like managing groups and trying to do my own little thing and like have my little label and all these things that, you know, because you have to have your like side thing. Right. And I got this job through a temp agency and um, I was there for one day. They told me not to come back. And (laughs) I think it's because I was, I don't think it's anything that I did wrong personally, but I didn't understand, like I said this in an interview earlier like that in reading like the 48 laws of power that I hadn't read at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was like one of the rules is to never overstep the master, right? Or never overshadow your master. And at that point I had this opportunity and I'm just like in the building, like, Hey, I have these groups and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and this is the first day, right? You know what I mean? So they're probably like, Oh, really? Seeing like, your puppy. Seeing your puppy. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and they're like, well, look, you ain't, like, where's this going? Like, you should be answering phones and mm. getting coffee type thing, right? You know, you know? So they told me not to come back. And that was a little <laughs> discouraging, to be honest. But again, all learning process. That was all a part of the like process, right? To where I think eventually once I got the opportunities that helped kind of define my career, I was ready for it because I had experienced like all of these things. Like after that, I got an internship working for like Dallas Austin's label at the time. He had a label called Free World. And I got to really meet some really cool and, you know, kind of influential people now that are still friends of mine, like Dallas or Kenny Burns or Slim Pickens or Leonard Brooks, you know, and these are people mm-hmm. that are still doing things now or, yes. you know, kind of managed or done things in the business across the board. But again, at that time, I didn't really know even what that kind of what fruits that would bear or if that's even insane, but like what that would bring into my life because I was just this hungry kid that wanted to make it happen, right? So I remember it was me and I remember her her name, this this girl, Amanda Levine. Mm. We were like the copy and papers and go and get coffee and do this. And I remember I'll say, you know what? Like one day, like (laughs) it's going to be like, it's going to be my thing and people are going to be doing this for me and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and she'll be like, that's right. Like we're going to like do, you know? So (laughs) it's so funny. Like even when talking on these stuff now, because these are things that you kind of forget about times, right? Because life, it just moves. But when you talk about these things, it kind of makes you really realize really how all of these things were such like these key pillars or staples within your mm-hmm. life and helping you grow or springboard to what the next was, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I guess fast forward on like few years, the like Dallas thing didn't happen. 
Uh, <laughs> and not for like me, it was just right. like label didn't happen. Right. And I mean, that's the business, right? You, right? you know what I mean? Like it's young creative guys that are doing things and you partner with these companies and then something becomes hit, something down and you just kind of keep moving. But a lot is the connections or the things that you're making and mm-hmm. that you're making with people. After that, I went, I don't know, I was like dating some girl and I convinced her that I could sell <laughs> ad pages in a pamphlet for the Soul Train Music Awards. Like somebody was doing okay. some celebrity basketball game, right? But, you know, part of the game is, hey, I'm in the music business. So whether that's the, re- you know, whether that's how you got girls or whether that was your persona or whatever that was. And mirrors. <laughs> I was a music business guy. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, well, you can do this. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Anyway, I had the, they used to make these books that had all of the record labels like names and like positions like marketing or AR or like whatever. And I must have taken that from ASCAP. That's one of the good things that I got from it. So I would go through, <laughs> and I, oh, I like have this pamphlet and I was just calling people, like cold calling, like, hey, I'm selling blah, 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 blah. By the way, you, you're looking for a job? Like, here's a resume. One day I called this company, Chiba Sound, who at the time was a guy named Dominic Trenere. Um, and he had like, D'Angelo and Mark Ronson. And it was kind of like the alternative of the music business in mm-hmm. a sense of like position differently. Like it was like downtown. He was like hanging out with like all the like cool kids and like the models. And like, it was really like this mixture of vibe and energy because at that time, the rest of the business wasn't really like that. It was either like you were a rapper you was a rock artist, you know, like there wasn't such this cross mm-hmm. kind of like cross genres in a sense mm-hmm. of people hanging out with everybody else. Rappers weren't really dating models at like that time. Like meaning like it was that whole thing just was whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. So I called him and I remember this guy and I kind of owe him everything, honestly. Charles Wright, I called and he's like, yeah, well, you want to come in for like an interview? There's an internship. And I was like, yeah, cool. Came in, didn't get the job, right? (laughs) So I was back to square one. But again, especially like where I am now, I find like everything is for a reason. You know what I mean? And things can't be forced. So I was continuing. I don't even remember what I was doing then. I was just trying to make it happen. But was still very steadfast on, I'm going to make it in the music business. There were no alternatives of like, I'm moving back to Bermuda or going to do whatever else. Like, it's like, no, like, this is what I want. And I remember one day I just called back like randomly one day because I was like doing like follow-ups and the guy was like, oh, you want to come in? Like, we need somebody. And I was like, "Um, yeah, I like hopped up. I don't even think that I showered to like be honest, right? You know, because that was an opportunity. Like, and I was like, you know what? And like, that's kind of when everything started. And I really felt, at home in a sense, because it was a small boutique company, but it felt like family. And I think in terms of what we dealt with, you know, with kind of the multitude of people and like the different kind of races, and it was just different. And it wasn't just like, yeah, well, you walk into a record label and that's it. That becomes like, I remember we went to this dinner and it's like, Wesley Snipes was there or like Lisa Ling and like these two. And I'm like, oh, like this is my vibe. You know, like, like, like I just don't want to be around like music guys. Like, exactly. Like, cool. Everyone's got their thing. I think I felt the most comfortable in that space because it was like, oh, and like the guys were like around my like age and I was young and black and successful. And we had a really good niche and crew of people. And I think from there, like I mentioned, like that was, D'Angelo was dropping an album then. I think that was the um, Voodoo album, you know, mm-hmm. where he did Untitled, like with a shirt off. Um, we remember. And, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. You guys remember what it was. Um, was great back then. That awesome. Right. <laughs> but, but that's what even made it so dope because Dom, God rest his soul, because he passed. But um, he was such this like visionary, really had these kind of like, thinking outside of the box ideas for creating, right. like, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the typical marketing of like what you would expect from a record label, right? You right. know, so 
Yeah, that's kind of the um, kind of the elevator pitch of it. Of okay. <laughs> well, that's I got to kind of get into the music business, and then I guess from there, like anything, you kind of evolve into your own and kind of finding, but still within kind of building those relationships and building your name and kind of doing whatever, and people kind of trusting you. Then you know you kind of get to a point of where it's time for you to kind of fly. And I feel like all of those things, not getting the intern or the job from ASCAP to right. being too eager to try and get my group signed to doing all these things were just this learning process of when now, when it's yours, right. it's time. You know, right. I mean, I have my own business. I was running my own business when I was like 25. Wow. And it was like, I mean, some have, you know, not saying that I'm like this unicorn but <laughs> at the same time it's like most 25 year olds ain't thinking about running am company at that time i mean maybe now because things are so advanced in terms of technology and social media and whatnot but then entrepreneurship right and entrepreneurship but then that was like kind of unknown especially for like a kid from bermuda and i remember my mom would be like you okay like so you don't know I still don't think she knows what I do. Well, I think I at that say, time. I was saying, I don't think she does. And like I said to most people, I'm learning you since we were teenagers. And each time I see her, I would say, hey, Mr. Graf, how's Damon? Oh, you know, his hair there. I think his, he should be in New York. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But just to piggyback on what you're saying, I remember when you told me that you was going to go to, I don't know if you remember this, go to Calhoun. And go to school in Calhoun, Georgia. Do you remember that? Oh my God. That was yeah. Yeah, that was a very long time ago. Learning process too. Right. So Damon, oh, I'm gonna go to school and music. And I was like, okay. But I had lived in the States. I got it. But to see the growth from that to where you are now has been awesome. Talk to us about that in regards to we understand what music life is about is basically what partying drugs rock starring and all that kind of stuff and i don't know what part of that you took place in in those years but now i've noticed on social media and just knowing you that you've evolved into something different but in terms of i think the overall kind of elevation of myself it's like you know it's it's like anything but get to a certain point in life to where and this is me anyway so you like get to this point of where it's like all right, like you like want different, but you don't really know how to get different. But you're feeling like, well, man. And it started with women. So it's like, you know, which, I mean, you know, most relationships or most things like that start with women or something that's broke your heart or something that makes you look for this new purpose or whatever within your like life. I like got to a point where I was starting to like have the same results from many different relationships. And I would always be like, that girl's crazy and da, 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 right? You know, you know, she don't understand and blah, 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 right? Never looking at myself, mm-hmm. but just kind of like, oh, it's always someone else's fault, right? Right. But each time it was always that, right? So I started thinking like, well, I was like, well, well, wait, like who's the one person that is the same within all these things? They preach. Preach standing so, the common denominator. Yeah. So I looked at that, but I still didn't have the keys yet because I understood it and I understood that I wanted different, but I didn't know how to get different because you're mm-hmm. still kind of in that space of one ego, you know? Right. Because you're expecting to have this or be that because of an industry that you're in or because you're a man. Or because of whatever of the excuses that you're making that it should be, that's what I was trying to find. Oh, no, I should have multiple women. Or I should do this. I should have these things. But again, never really dealing with me. And well, I'll touch back on that once we get to this other side. But I started dating this girl in search of wanting different. And probably shouldn't have dated her. Really looking back on it now, we probably shouldn't have dated each other because from jump, we just weren't, it just wasn't it. But like most times when you're younger or when you're searching, like you're not looking at the signs. You're just looking at a physical or you're just looking at whatever. And I'm like, well, okay. She's like, well, I want a boyfriend. And at the time I just come out of another relationship because I've always been a relationship guy for whatever reason. But 
probably my insecurities, probably whatever. It was always like this one thing there. And then, you know, like anything else and not to, I mean, it's just game, but it's like, I would maybe have something else on like the side or be those things. Right. I would be that guy. But again, that becomes messy. Like, because everybody gets hurt. It's not mm-hmm. just like, it's not just one it, person. I would feel it too, because it's like, all right, well, I'm giving a piece of myself to both of these people, which means I'm gaining and giving energy from both sides, which means there's an attraction or some bit of intimacy, whether it's a hundred or whether it's 50, I'm still giving that. So when both things are being taken from you or this side is hurt or that side's hurt, I feel it too, because of the connection that I have with both sides that are hurt. You know what I mean? So anyway, end up in a relationship with this girl. And, you know, I'm like different now because the mindset is that of just not like, all right, well, I'll take you on and I'll have a couple other things. And um, for seven years of my life, wow, (laughs) a couple of times, I think the first time it was more like the sad type of breakup. Like it was kind of like, oh, like, well, you know, I think we both were in that place of like, you just don't understand. And I think a lot of what happened with that too was my ego. You know, I'd ask some questions. I didn't get the answers that I wanted. So because I didn't get the answers that I wanted, my ego stepped up and then I was acting out in a different way that caused that not to happen. I think the lesson I learned from that was starting to check my ego. So I think that was step one for me. And still not fully in check, but like understanding it. Mm-hmm. In tune. Uh, ex- right. So we got back together. And um, again, like, you know, that first beginning is like oh it's the greatest thing we're back like, right you know. but then you fall back into the same patterns because you haven't really worked on the things that you needed to work on for yourself more so than the relationship it was more that of like oh well i'm trying to work on this for the relationship but i didn't have the tools to bring that to the table so if you're not bringing them tools and it's like it's the same thing after the honeymoon period and on vacation it's kind of like, well, we're back into settling in again. Right. right. Break up again, second time. And I'm not saying for everybody, but if you break up more than like twice, you just keep walking. Just, you know, <laughs> if, if like you take anything from this, just keep walking. <laughs> so now this time we've like moved in and like me, I'm trying to speedball everything because I don't know. Like I was just like, well, we're, well, we're like back. It's like, let's like get it. And that was the wrong thing too. So within the second breakup, a friend of mine was like, bro, like come and do yoga with me. Like when I broke up, I started doing yoga and I would cry in like yoga and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, when you're hurt, anything works. You could have said, let's sleep on the street for two weeks. It made me feel better. I'm sleeping on like the street. You're trying it out, right? You're just trying it out. So I started doing yoga and I mean, I'm like pretty athletic. I like still work out and like do whatever, but I was like, wow, like this is really dope. And so that's how the whole yoga practice and thing started for me. Like it was like, I was hurt. A friend introduced it to me and it just became a part of my life. And it was something that kind of started to help me with my healing process. Now it wasn't the end all, but Mm -hmm. it started that process. It started to shape my perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially in taming my ego too, mm-hmm. right? Or taming it more. Very powerful. Um, I'm like healing, getting back, you know, kind of working through my stuff. And, and it was interesting because the second time I felt more hurt mm-hmm. in the relationship because of the breakup and she obviously left me. So, <laughs> you know, I felt more hurt because I felt like we had gotten back and like, it was almost like this promise to be this thing. Right. You were trying. I was trying, but now note through all this, we probably shouldn't have been together from the first place. Right. But I think in my mind, because I want to change and I saw these things, but when I really look back on it, like I wasn't even really giving anything to the relationship. It was just more like, Oh, well, the mindset of, well, this person looks good. And the things around it kind of cater to your life. One day we'll fall in love. But mm-hmm. well, I, one day we'll get it together. It'll one fit. day we'll get it together and it'll work without yeah. putting any real energy. Like 
well, not energy, but without putting any real work into really building that foundation of like thing. And I'll still come back to why I think that that even happened once I get to the end of like this part. So I'm like getting back. And I think during that second breakup, I said, I'm not like seeing anybody. I'm not dating anybody. I'm not doing anything because it's very easy when you come out of something, you kind of dive into other things to make you feel better about yourself. You know, like it's kind of like that codependency type thing, like where it's like, well, she's going to make me feel better or he's going to make me feel better, even if it's temporary. Right. And then you could jump around like that for a like minute. Like I would jump around like that and end up in a relationship. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Where's the healing within that part? Because it's like you've given a piece of yourself to all of these people. And you've not allowed yourself the to get time to take care of you and what you need and what you like and even what you can offer or like give. So one night I was coming home. I was on some like speaking back on like the rock star stuff. Like I was having this like rock star night. And it started, I was having dinner with a girlfriend and her boyfriend at the time. This other friend of mine who we've become really tight to, he was like, yo, like, come and see me. Like, I've got all these girls from Amsterdam. <laughs> and I'm kind of in my place to like, I haven't been dealing with anything. Like, I've really been in my like yoga, my meditation, my workout, you know, like, but like, just trying to be like, Zen, like, you know? Zen. <laughs> and um, yourself. finding yourself, loving yourself. Wanna be right. So right before that, I turned forty and I went to Costa Rica on this mm-hmm. like self, like I'm in a space and I'm like gonna meditate and be in the jungle and this and that. I took like a like backpack with just ten t-shirts. Normally, I'm like Louis Vuitton luggage and all that. Like this, right. I <laughs> took a hiking backpack a pair of shorts and some t-shirts. And I was like, I'm going into the jungle and I'm just going to kind of meditate and do whatever solo. First solo trip ever. Wow. Experience by by the way. But through that, I'm like taking pictures for Instagram. I'm like, blessings and all this. Namaste. Right. Which wasn't really like real because I had to still really work through that. Like I was doing something based off of what I thought others wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I come back and I'm like, you know, whatever. Anyway, a week later, I'm coming back from this rock star night and I was in a car and I went to go see my boy that had the girls from Amsterdam. Instead of going home, I was on my way home and the devil was like, nah, go, just go check him out. Go. You know, the girls were okay, like nothing too crazy, you know, but it's a night. Right, right, right. right. You win. We're like in it now. Right, right, right. I'm coming home maybe like four in like the morning and I'm at a stoplight and all I remember was bang. Mm. And I remember like getting up and I just felt like blood and stuff everywhere. This car had hit the taxi that I was in maybe three blocks from my house, maybe at 40, 45 miles an hour. Like, so my face smashed into the back of like the taxi. The plastic messed up. It's like crazy, right? But within this, and I don't know why, I really don't. Maybe it's because there was no one within my life. I think by that time I was like seeing somebody maybe, but not seriously, but it was like a vibe. I call my ex. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do, right? (laughs) But I mean, here's the thing, though. But we hadn't spoken for maybe like six months. Again, there was some level of intimacy that was there because this was going into, say, year five of us just knowing each other. So something was built. But were you taking that as a sign, though? Okay, I'm gotten into this accident. This is a sign that I need to, you but know. That's what I'm saying. So right. the sign hit me where I was on some like, oh, I was saved. This is meant, I mean, she didn't pick up that night, obviously, four in the morning. She's probably thinking that I'm booty calling or I'm, or, or I'm drunk or I'm doing whatever, right? Which she shouldn't have. But um, anyway, we get back together. And I feel like this was the real kind of catalyst, I feel, really for my growth. And um, we kind of got back, like I was putting in like major work because I was like, I've like been saved. Like, right. this is meant, this is you know? supposed to be with. This and is anybody it. that believes that, like get those stories out of your head because all of that is a crock of shit, you know? Right. 
Like, oh, was it? No, 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 no. Like, so people make up those stories to fit their lives. It didn't work, you know, but I think within that, I was still kind of practicing and, you know, like she was into meditation and stuff too. So like, I would go with her to see like different monks and like various things. So just kind of incorporating that within my practice. But um, she had said to me, she's like, you should go see somebody. Like, And um, at the time, I thought I had everything. Mm. house upstate, house in the city, traveling the world, business was like good, but inside I was miserable. Wow. Right? But because I had to keep up this persona of like, I'm managing other people and I'm doing these things, mm-hmm. I always had to have face, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could never show that I was weak or that I was vulnerable or that like things weren't going for me. Like, it's like, nah, but where things went wrong was, when I was around intimate situations or around whatever with her family or with various things, I would just shut down. Because like, I think subconsciously I knew that this wasn't it, but I couldn't identify really why I was unhappy. Right. I was in these places that weren't bringing me joy. And those were the things I thought were going to bring me joy that were going to make things better. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of back to what you were saying earlier, Kim. Like sometimes we put these things kind of in positions that, well, if this gets right, my life's going to be better. And that's what I was doing. Like, I was like, well, if this relationship can get right, everything's going to work out because everything was in place. So because everything around you was because cool. everything like I use the, the <laughs> analogy, like it's almost like you looking at this beautiful painting and you kind of putting yourself in this painting and saying like, good, that's what it's going to be. But you just don't fit in the painting. Right. And you're telling yourself, no, I'm in. This I painting. will fit. Right. I will fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to see this woman that she had suggested, and the woman changed my life. First off, she was like, write down why you need to like see me. Mm. And I wrote down like just love, whatever, nothing. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, like write out two sentences of why you need to see me. Because, mm-hmm. which I respected because it really made me think about why am I coming to you for help? Mm-hmm. Why am I coming to you? Like, what are my real issues? Right. So I remember the first session, we're like talking, blah, blah, blah. And all in my mind, I'm like, look, you just need to fix this relationship. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> if this gets right, everything, everything else, right. Just fix it. Life is perfect. You know? Right. I'm like, she's like, no couples therapy. Like, I need to see you. I was like, all right, but we'll get back to that. And um, I remember the first session, she's like, depressed. It's like, I was like, what? I'm not depressed. What do you mean? Depressed. Like, no. She's like, you're depressed. And, you know, for most Black people or minorities, you're like, depression. I feel like now it's talked about more, you yeah. know, because I think celebrities and other people are starting to embrace it and kind of mental health and like all that it's being talked about which i think it's a hundred percent necessary but um at that point i'm like what are you talking about i get up out of my bed every day i take a shower i go (laughs) but when i thought about it though she was a hundred percent right but Mm. i didn't even realize the hole that i was digging myself it's like i would come to to bermuda and what i should be enjoying and nature and beaches and this and that and the other, I'm in bed watching Netflix, thinking whatever, not having a real relationship with my family or, or the relationship that I should, because I'm basing things off of, well, if I could get that right, I'm going to be right, right? So that's what, like, that's my only goal. If I can get that right, that's going to be right, because that's going to make it, that makes Everything it will be complete. right. And I started doing some work with this woman, and, um, like, she... Well, one, I would say for anybody that wants to do therapy, you have to be open to giving everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's no like, it's a quick fix. And you think right. that, that I was stripped down to nothing to the point where more, I would do morning sessions times and I couldn't even go back to work no. because the burden like, or like, you know, cause you're like shedding 40 plus years of things that are being piled on top of you, right? And when you really dig into it, it's things that come from your childhood, that come from your parents, that come from past relationships, that come from all of these things where 
when I really looked at it and when I really got to that point of really understanding or started to rebuild, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like who was the one person that was the same in all of these scenarios? And that Mm -hmm. was me. So my relationship with my ex wasn't that of she did anything wrong or even that I did anything wrong. It's just I wasn't 100% with myself. I wasn't secure with myself. I was feeding into my insecurities. So all of these things that I was allowing to kind of mold me, but it was the wrong version of myself. Mm. So if I'm the wrong version of myself, I could never give. I look as my ex as just being like, she could have been anybody. Like she could have been any relationship. And when I look at it, that was relationships for people that I had dated. That's relationships with my family. That's relationships in business. That's relationships in everything. So I think once I got to that point of true understanding of me mm-hmm. and Damon's self and oneself, then it was much easier for me to have all of these relationships be a lot more concrete and solid because I'm going to always be me. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like me for who I am, or if you don't want to do business with me because of who I am, or if you can't understand how I'm speaking my truth for me, then that's not an interaction that we need to be having within ourselves. And it's okay. That's not it. And that's fine. But the most important part of it is, is that you like and love who you are regardless. that's what it came back to. And at that point, that's where like, you know, in my younger days, I was more cocky and it was more about flash and it was more about these things. And I think going back kind of to the business side of it too, I think with the yoga, that was even the start of a progression to even starting to understand myself more and mm-hmm. checking my like ego and not allowing those things to kind of to overshadow right. or to be that's what you automatically meet up front. It's like this, well, I'm this guy, right? Even though that wasn't me, but it was still this edge of cockiness, right? Or this mm-hmm. ego rather than, hey, it's all love. Like I know what I am. I know what I do. I know what I bring. And if we vibe and connect within that way, It will be a sense of community now because now you have a sense of community. I love myself and I am here to serve the community and those who can see and receive it will do so. And I think 100%. And I think that's from everything. That's from who you date. That's from your friends. Rather, we're before. I mean, hey, we're all attracted to beauty and things that that's just human nature, right? Right. But that's only one aspect. Mm -hmm. of the rest of things in terms of getting to know somebody as a friend or as a partner. I was never bringing that to the table for me. Because I remember once I had said to my accent, I was like, how can you leave me like knowing who I am and blah, 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 like given that, like, and she was kind of like, well, yeah, but like, what are you giving? Mm -hmm. And at the time I couldn't understand it Mm -hmm. because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm giving you this. We're going out. We're traveling. We're traveling. Yeah. Can buying. you look around and see? <laughs> you know how many girls want, you know, but then when you think about, I didn't have anything to really give at that point. And I think so going through the therapy process, it really changed my life. It stripped me down to nothing. And it really built me back up because it was almost like being built up on like a new foundation, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And really the understanding, one, because I was older and I was mature and I was accepting of change, you know, mm-hmm. and accepting of knowing that I needed to change for me, not yeah. for anybody else, not for a woman, not for my parents, not for who, like I'm changing because I want to do and be better. And I think that's a lot of what people in relationships or in whatever have the problem with times. It's the woman wants to change the man or the man wants to change the woman. And that's just never going to work. Like if you can't come into liking that person for who they are from the door, because most people will show you who they are from the door. I'm always like, the writing's always on the wall. Mm -hmm. You just just have to be able to read it. A hundred percent. And a lot of times we're looking everywhere else, but the wall, the wall. (laughs) No, I don't see that. You know, like, and it's like, and that could be to whatever it is. Like, Therapy is like really what kind of brought me, I think really kind of brought me kind of full circle to who Damon is as a person and as a man. Mm -hmm. And as just kind of really standing on my 
you know, like the same, like standing on my 10 toes and just feeling very firm and secure with who I am, regardless of who is in my life. And that's to the point of like, I'm okay being by myself. Meaning like, it's got to be at that level of I'm okay without having somebody, right? I mean, hey, we all want somebody, but I think the early part was to stroke my ego or for my insecurities, I had to have somebody. And that was kind of my codependency. So even if it wasn't right, having someone within my life just meant that you were there just as a figure, more so than an actual partner or more so as an actual relation. So when I'm looking at, oh, this girl's crazy because she wanted certain things from me, there was nothing that I was giving to her because I didn't really want you for anything outside of you just really being there. Either it was a look or it was sexual or whatever that is. So there was no real like need for you to give anything. A hundred percent. Did you have any support going through this process or did you just decide to go through this process all by yourself? I did it solo Mm -hmm. because I felt it was a journey that I feel like everyone has to do on like their own because I think like friends times kind of skew judgment because they're always got something. Oh no, I, I didn't tell anybody that I was going through it or that I was doing it because I still had to keep face because of my job. Right. And because I had to be strong for other people in terms of what I was giving or who I was being, Mm -hmm. but like, nah, I like went through this like by myself. And did people around you then notice the shift or did you notice the shift within yourself? Um, well, like anything, it was an instant. It was like gradual in terms of that like process. But I think now people and friends kind of understand where I am with my life. And I I think once you're within that, nothing has to be said because I think it is all in your actions and is all in what you're giving to other people. Which is interesting because you started off the the interview like that. You said that initially, what I do it speaks for itself. Right. Right. Let me ask you this. Rich Damon wrote this. I never knew what true happiness was until I found myself. Treat yourself with love, respect you deserved. So Rich Damon was that. Why? Because did I say that years ago? <laughs> no, I'm, I, think I, mean, it was at, I think it was at your 40th that you wrote it on there. So where, what transition were you? Was that, well, that, was that was- Instagram pictures that you were like, or oh, was that true? Well, see, but that Instagram picture wasn't, I would say I was starting that like process Mm. and I was starting that like process. So the intention was, so it like, wasn't all fake because I was still in my element of meditation and in my elements of like yoga and understanding me. I like hadn't started therapy yet, but I was doing it for show almost, you know, like I like wanted to kind of show that as in I'm fine now. Almost like well, you might have whatever, but like I'm, but I'm like fine. Mm-hmm. When it's not even really about that, you know, like right. like meaning because it's my journey, it's your journey, it's all of our individual journey, and I think that's what people kind of get screwed up sometimes. It's like it's always what you think should be from somebody else, or the acceptance from somebody else, or this, and it's like nah, like now. I mean, I like might do that. I might not. It just really depends on how I feel or how I want to share, but I'm really living it now for myself. And that's why I was going to ask you in the sense of you saying, I never knew what true happiness was until I found myself. At this point in this shift, it truly holds a different weight now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And within what our whole podcast is about, about finding your happiness, empowerment, and your development. You talked about your happiness, your empowerment and development. Is there anything further you think that you can pursue in those three pillars? I mean, first off, it's a constant journey, right? I think because I've gotten to this place, in no way am I perfect. Right. You know, the devil's always working. There's always <laughs> things that are coming at <laughs> you, right? a choice, you know? right. But part of, or what I always say is, now more than anything, I think it's, the understanding of where I am now. Where before, I might have taken a situation and run with it for months, like whether that's depression or whether that's the wrong relationship or whether that's whatever it is. But now it's like you can see it. 
And you're like, oh, okay, nah, that ain't it. Like, let me detour this way. Or, you know, like, let me just pull back and let that one slide by. Because I think like that's part of like, the understanding of like oneself, you know, to even... So you're looking at the wall and reading what's on the wall. I'm reading the wall now. Oh, it could be a little foggy because <laughs> that's the type of thing that you like, you know? Right, but... So, and right. those things come at you on a regular because that's what... That's because the, now you see the wall. <laughs> but now that you see the wall, you're like, nah, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm not going to really do that. You right, know? right, and right. You know, so it's like, you know, it's... Well, familiarity is very comfortable. 100%. Yeah, it's right. very comfortable. So and it's that's not, why most people get back in... To these whatever cycles. situation, right. And patterns where a lot of these cycles start from our childhood or start from the things that, that you know, or even start from our parents' parents. I think I had gotten to a point and through therapy, it showed me like, nah, like it's okay to break these cycles. Because your parents did, or your grandparents are like, you don't have to live that same life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you can break it. You can change and do and be for you and like create your own. So this is your journey. This is your path. And I think a lot of times people always feel like you know. And I guess that's society, and like that's how things have been almost given to us in that sense of that's what that should like be. But I mean, one, I've always been one who's kind of defied the system. I like a little bit. I wanted to do things my own way, but I think more now than ever, it's allowed me to really like live in my truth and live in my happiness. And there's no one that can take that from me. Mm. I'm the only one that, that can take that. I mean, I've said to him in like dating people or like what, you know, I'm like, listen, if you can't add to my happiness, then there's a problem, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to let you take away from my happiness. You're not going to be a burden because I'm in this place. And I think like I always say to people in dating, it's funny because my therapist always said this, like the dating should kind of be like you're here and your partner's there. Even if you're on two different sides of like the road, but it's the understanding and you're seeing this eye to eye. It's not that because people think, oh, it's like that. I kind of see that piece. I can make it work. And it's like, but people are people. And it's like, if you can't see me, if I can't see you, for who and what you are. And it doesn't even have to be from an economical standpoint or from, mm-hmm. a, from a genre standpoint, or it's just the understanding of oneself. Exactly. And you understanding what and who you are and where you stand and I understanding where I am and where I stand. And together we're coming forward to like move forward. And that's what it is. Rather right. than, oh, well, based off a of tradition, I'm supposed to be married at this age. This is my high school girlfriend or high school boyfriend. There's nothing we have in common besides that's what's been thrown on us. So I'm going to get married. Mm. Well, don't, don't forget to add with kids, damn it. With kids. <laughs> so then where you going, right? right? So then it's like, you know, so it's, I don't know. So that's why I try to stress to all of my friends or people that I'm in contact with without preaching because you can't really preach to them people. But I think through example, me showing, but also just preaching, like, listen, like, it's about your happiness, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you can't find that for you, then like, that's on you, but you have to do that. You have to do Nothing else is going to give you that. Not your kids, not your wife, not whatever the job you think it is. Like you have to find that true happiness, not money, not anything. You have to find that for yourself. You know? Well, it looks like you found your happiness, <laughs> your empowerment and development. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, hey, it's been a journey, but I'm thankful that it hit me in the way that it did because, you know, I didn't know this four years ago. You know, like I didn't even have the um, tools to know why I wasn't happy or even what happiness was in that sense because I thought I was happy. It's interesting, your journey, and because your friend shared with you and introduced you to yoga, your friend introduced you or shared with you, perhaps you need to go see a therapist. Your journey alone can now empower and help develop and also someone's happiness Mm -hmm. by sharing all of that. Well, you know, and I think that's why I like to share when I can share. And I think that's why I was even excited when Sherry like sent me the um, questions and stuff and even tell me about you guys podcast, because I think, you know, stuff like this needs to be talked about more, right? Because I think people, I think are afraid to share times. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I don't know, maybe those are the people we shouldn't be taking the information from, right? Because, (laughs) but like not saying that, but just meaning like, if you're in that place of understanding yourself, then you're confident in what you're giving and what you're sharing to others. And whatever they take from it, Mm-hmm. or whatever they receive from it, it's that of, hey, this is my story. Mm-hmm. You pull from that, like what you need to find your happiness. I'm only telling you what it is that I needed to get to where I am now. I think that sums that up quite well, because I was going to ask for you to pull it all together. And I think that that's just it. I want to thank you, Damon, so much for even coming on. You are the first male to be here. And like you said, it's history. It is. um, Yes. And sharing as much as you did. I think you need to have some classes, write a book, do your own (laughs) podcast for those going through their own happiness, empowerment, and development. Um, You have a great testimony. And I hope that our listeners are able to pull from that um, from once they can. So we appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. It was great. It was like good come. Because I think what these are, it's just real conversation, you know, that I think. Mm-hmm. If you're open to sharing, then it's like this is what we should be doing more of. So you know, yes. yeah. and thank you for being vulnerable as well and just yeah. opening up. You have to be. You know, that's one of the key things that I've learned. Like, is you have to be vulnerable. I think to experience, I think love and I think and true happiness. Because I think a lot of times we try to like bottle up and don't want to, and because you're afraid. And again, it comes back to ego. Right. You, know, like you don't want to say this because this is going to be brutal. You know, it's just a lot that is involved. But yeah, all I wish is happiness for everyone. Well, and- we wish you much success. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.